Welcome to episode 144 of Cowboys Ride for Free, the podcast. My name is Joel Penfield. As always, I'm joined by Philip Slavin. How's it going, man? Uh, JP, you and I had, I think, very similar weekends. Uh, watched Oklahoma State uh, win, beat West Virginia in a <clears throat> more nervous game than we thought, 2013. And uh, we both uh, started putting up our Christmas decorations. Yeah, the uh, yeah, the, the game was was just funky. It you know, we knew it was probably going to be weird, even though we projected Oklahoma State to win a lot more handily. Uh, but obviously, Oklahoma State goes up and wins twenty to thirteen. And then, yes, uh, earlier this the, this evening, recording on Sunday, my wife made the decision that it was time for the the tree to go up officially, and so that uh, that was the thing. I I am a traditionalist, and I like the Christmas tree to go up the uh, the Friday after Thanksgiving, the day after Thanksgiving. And my wife wanted it up now, and so we compromised, and now the tree is in our living room. Congratulations. You have officially learned what, learned what the marriage compromise is, which is that you want something and she wants something else, and so you go with what she wants. <laughs> Pretty much. I, I, I'm learning quickly, that is for sure. It's good. It's good to be a fast learner. It's also good to to choose your battles. Um, and when the Christmas tree goes up, seems like a battle worth fighting. You kind of roll with it. Look, every everything in our house is up uh, except for the outside stuff. I've got some. I'm one of those people who likes to put uh, like the wireframe animals that light up in my front yard. My, my wife is worried it's going to become a zoo as she continues to put. Um, all I know is I've got three deer and I'm buying a moose. So it lights up on the house for the first time because I promised that once we had a kid, I'd put lights around the house. So I have a strand of white, a strand of green, a strand of red that I have to make into three strands of red, white, green, red, white, green that can go up on the house. But dude, bro, let me just tell you, uh, uh, I love putting up Christmas slides. It's the shit. No, I I love Christmas, and I don't want to knock anybody that you know that has had their tree up since the beginning of November. I just I feel like we take away. You know, people want to. I've seen people talk about this year, like Thanksgiving is a day and Christmas is a season. I get it, but I I'm just just the way I've always done it. In my family, it's the the day after Thanksgiving, the tree goes up. You know, we bring all the ornaments up, and it's a it's a good day, and it's just one of those like tradition things that I've been so accustomed to, and uh, that's it's been broken this year, but. It's not the worst thing in the world. It, you, you know, Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving's late this year too, so might as well start celebrating Christmas now. I, I'm I'm content with it. Man, it is late. Like it's super late. Like at this point, if you wait, you wait till after till after Thanksgiving. It's going to be up for like what three weeks, and then you're taking it all down. Unless you're one of those people who likes to leave your stuff up into the new year, which is you know, person who brings down the the home value of everyone everyone else around you. But that's cool. Yeah, it goes up the day after Thanksgiving, and then it comes down on New Year's Day. That's that's how we've done it. I've done it for years, so hopefully that ends up being the case here too. But uh, let's, well, I'm sure we'll talk more about Christmas stuff, you know, in the next month or so. But let, what were some of your main takeaways from the game uh, between <laughs> Oklahoma State and West Virginia uh, here? You know, on Saturday, like I said, it was a weird game. Offense did okay. Uh, the defense was spectacular. Uh, especially on those final couple of drives, able to hold uh, West Virginia out of the end zone. Uh, what, what were some of your thoughts here? I've been trying to get my four quarters done. I'm probably not going to. I'm just going to be honest. It's, it's, dude, for everybody out there who has a kid, like a little kid, you understand. Like it gets, you're putting up decorations at Christmas. It's just, it is what it is. Um, so let me just kind of run through those and we'll go back and forth because you've, you've got one I want you to get to um, pretty quickly. I want to talk – let's talk Drew Brown for a minute. It looked like he was okay. Um, he was fairly accurate. Um, I thought that he did some things that, you know, first get time starting in quite some time. I thought he abandoned the pocket when it was too often, and, and in those cases led to situations where suddenly he, 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 he was screwed. Like had he stayed in the pockets and and waited just a just another second, he'd have had a better opportunity than than when he went on the run. But I overall one big takeaway, and I, and I tweeted this out on Saturday, is that Oklahoma State really really missed the quarterback run, and not, and not just that that he he didn't do it much, but it it did felt like I think there was like one design quarterback run play in the second half, um, genders. Spencer Sanders is dynamic. 
Drew Brown is athletic. Those are two very, very different different things. Okay. Um, not that just knock him and say that he's not that he's not that he's not quick. He's a shifty guy. He's got some speed. He's not Spencer Sanders, but he's just a shifty guy. And he's got some speed. They need to, need to incorporate that. They need to put that back, that back in the offense. They need to let him run. And we'll talk a bit more about that about why with that. And it has a lot to do with Chuba. They've got to bring it back. Uh, he's he's he doesn't have the biggest arm. Sanders has a bigger arm. He's accurate in the short intermediary. I think I like I saw a very conservative offensive play calling in the first half. Very conservative. They really held back. Um, um, I'll talk about why I think that was here in a bit, but they really seemed to hold back. And, you know, it's that first start for in a long time. I understand he's a redshirt senior and he's done it before, but he he played well enough. He did, he did, he did what they needed him to do. And then they got the win. So I'm not, I don't, Brown, I'm not, I don't, I don't dislike Drew Brown. Drew Brown was fine on Saturday. Uh, and I don't think that, that his performance, performance was entire, entirely on, on him. But my biggest takeaway was you, you need to run him, establish the fact that the quarterback run in the offense um, and let him run. And I need to see that against OU. He's not Spencer Sanders. He's not going to probably break away for a 40 yard run. He, he's not going to beat a bunch of guys to the edge. But just just let just let him let him let him let him run some because this offense needs that as part of it. I agree with you. Uh, I I was impressed overall with what I saw from Drew Brown, considering he it's the first really meaningful and competitive snaps he's played in a very long time since he was at Hawaii. And I like I said, I I agree with you. I think short to intermediate, he was decisive. He made good throws. Uh, if it was a longer developing route, I feel I agree with you. He did abandon the pocket. Uh, a lot sooner than he needed to. But when he was able to step into a throw and you could see the arm strength, you could see the accuracy. Um, I, I liked the fact that early on, I thought that maybe they were going to open things up a little bit. The fact that they took a shot on the first play of the game to Braden Johnson, it was incomplete, but that made me go, oh, they, they really, really trust him. But then that kind of went away as the, the first half went on. But the drive that started like at the end of the third quarter to the beginning of the fourth, uh, I might have ended in a field goal or might have been that touchdown on Dolan Center. I can't remember which drive it was, but they were just, it was just quick throw after quick throw after quick throw, Chuba a little bit, and then quick throw, quick throw, quick throw, and it was surgical down the field. And then he throws a strike to Stoner in the end zone on that slant route. And that's what I think the Oklahoma State offense needs to do. I think they, if they run tempo, because that's what he he's used to doing, running the, doing the, uh, the run and shoot at Hawaii, he can play that type of game. And you could see he had a little bit of swagger to him a little bit after that drive too. Like he was ready to go. And I liked what I saw from him mentally. Mm -hmm. And I think he's going to be just fine um, going into Bedlam. I think he's, I think just the mentality he plays with that he's going to play with no fear. Like he doesn't give an F who OU is. He's going to go in and ball. And I think he did enough to help Oklahoma state win. I think the game plan, I, I agree was a little bit of a problem, but I, I don't expect that to be the case next week. And if they can run him like Oklahoma State did Taylor Cornelius, like just enough to be effective without relying on it, and he can you know take a little bit of pressure off of Chuba, then Chuba's gonna have a big game, and then it allows Drew Brown to you know to be an athlete as well. So I think there there was a lot to like out of what we saw from the offense. Now was it a huge offensive output? No, they didn't even get 300 yards, but we saw I think we saw some things that at least show us that we're going to be just fine with Drew Brown at quarterback next week. I'll say this. Um, I'm doing a Bedlam preview for for the 10-12. That's our big game of the week because it's Bedlam because it's my show and because I want to. And um, I had Adam Lunt on Wednesday. <clears throat> the interview will be on Wednesday. And and he made a point of because, because OSU had the, had the quarterback run, it meant that there was a linebacker who had to stay with Spencer Sanders. And that is to account for that. Defenses had to account for that. It, it allowed some of those big lanes that Chuba Hubbard was able to take advantage of and bust out for those big plays. That it, that's what helped it helped make those possible was because Spencer Sanders could run. <clears throat> you saw the games where they specifically the TCU game. We saw the quarterback run a lot early. They were going to force TCU to account for it to to help Chuba do what he did in the second half of the game. Chuba was able to break off those big runs in the second half of the TCU game because OSU ran intentionally and forced them to account for that. 
against West Virginia, that defense said, we're not, we're not, we're not worried about that with Drew Brown. We're going to make Drew Brown beat us through the air. We're not going to let Sanders break. And, and it pretty well worked. Like, let's be honest. It, it, it worked. Um, and I think that's why you have to run Drew Brown against, against Oklahoma. You have to do it. And you need to do it. Do it. Similar game plan that you did to TCU. You have to do it early. You have to establish that this is part of the offense. He can run efficiently and, and, and help force that defense by Oklahoma to have some lanes open up for Chuba to get through. OU's got a, a really good defensive line. And they like to mix it up. Grinch Grinch loves to mix that defensive lineup, move it all over the place, keep you guessing. It's it's some wild stuff. It's a challenge. They need to do game plan and plan in whatever the way they can to get you with the ball and give him give him opportunities for big plays in that game. And again, I think Gundy was conserved Virginia. Shout out to to Keegan and Renew, who also was on the pod. He made a yes he, he asked a question I thought was really smart. Was it seems like before big games. Gundy goes conservative on offense so they can save a bunch of stuff and prep some stuff for the big game coming up. And sometimes it doesn't, it bites them. And, you know, on Saturday it didn't. It was a conservative offense in the first half. They started breaking things up more in the third and definitely in the fourth quarter to help make sure OSU got the win. And of course, we'll talk about defense in a minute. But game plan. Um, this is this is obviously going to be game two for Drew Brown. That's a big deal. As, as game two starting, it's, he's, he's got the first game jitters out of his way. But I need to see QB run. I need that to be part of the offense. Or look, Chuba can run on anybody. But if you want OU to have some of the lanes open for him, for him, for him to take advantage of that stuff, they've got to run. They've got to run. Yeah, and I, you know, he's obviously, and we we talked about this. Before, like he's not going to be as dynamic as Spencer Sanders, but he can be effective enough. He's got a little bit of shifting. He's got a little wiggle to him. It's that whole the you can go any white athlete cliche of sneaky, athletic, deceptively fast, any of that stuff, and he can he can fit that mold, you know. But I, I agree. I, th- I think that could be if that they add that in on the offense next week, that's going to open things up for Chuba too, and that's going to you know he's been able to run wild just like he's he's been able to all season. I, I did think it was really funny on the broadcast when uh, Beth Moens and Anthony Becker were like. West Virginia's done a great job of containing Chuba Hubbard this year, and he had 194 all-purpose yards. If that's containing him, then shit, he's good. Um, containing him on the ground, you held him to the yeah. ground, 26 carries, 4.1 yard per is is isn't great. But OSU found ways to use Chuba. I mean, they, they used him in the past. He had he was your leading receiver. Yeah. Because those and those screen passes worked beautifully. Is all right. Well, if we can't run him and get him open, let's run him out, toss him the ball, get some blockers in front of him out on the edge, and then he's going to he's going to get some yards. And man, that worked. That absolutely worked. And I want to think that that is something they wanted to save for Oklahoma and decided to said, all right, well, we've got to make sure we beat West Virginia. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Let's go ahead and throw that out there. I get the feeling we're going to see some more of that against. Against OU, can we say this? You on both sides of the ball, especially the second half of the season, has has adjusted at halftime incredibly well. In yes, all let's say all the games, I mean, including including since Texas Tech. I know Texas Tech was what it was. The defense struggled in the second half, but the offense made adjustments. You are you are seeing in both Jason continue to figure things out and, and figure out the Big Twelve as the season has. Has progressed as much as the players have, and it is really cool to see. Like, it's not just that the players are doing a job. Go look at that. Obviously, a lot of that goes to Gundy. Guy's been doing this for a long time. You have to give him credit. But credit to Sean Gleason and credit to Jim Knowles. They have been making adjustments. They made adjustments in that second half, both offensively and defensively. Because offensively, in the first half, you, I, 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 I don't know how West Virginia only scored. 10 points like it felt like they should have been up 21 some you had the missed field goal you got the goal line stand that was you know that was huge for osu but that that defensive stuff right there i just props to both of them because the second half of that west virginia osu game you could say well it's because west virginia's better and yeah but they changed a lot of the game plan they it, it won osu the game so props props to both gleason and and Noel. they deserve it yeah, go, going back to Jim Knowles here, um, the way the defense is played now, let's take this with a grain of salt for a moment considering Oklahoma State's playing OU on Saturday. 
you know, playing Iowa State and TCU and Kansas and West Virginia, not the best teams in the world. But the way the defense has played has been nothing short of incredible compared to what we've seen the last few years. They've legitimately won Oklahoma State three of their last four games. And mm-hmm. everybody, you know, mm-hmm. stepped up. Defensive lines have been able to get pressure with three and four guys. The linebacker, Amen Ogbong Bamiga, was a star on Saturday. And Malcolm Rodriguez had a good game in his own right. And, you know, Amen was just that much better. Colby Harville Peel's making a legitimate All American case. AJ Green and Rodarius Williams have done a good job all season. Mm. And a lot of this is the fact that they are so disciplined this season. Once again, two penalties for 25 yards. And I don't even think that pass, the pass interference on Rodarius Williams was bullshit, and we all know it. But, man, two penalties again, like you're not beating yourself. You're able to stay on the field. And you're able to get off the field on third down. They're they're doing everything they need to do to help this team win. And when the offense is sputtering, in years past it was, well, you're really going to lose this game because we're going to give up 35. It's not the case anymore. The, they have the athletes in. They have the scheme down. And my God, when the Blitz King gets to roll, <laughs> it's over. <laughs> oh, the Blitz King came back. And that that fourth down play... I about you saw out. them all get up to the line, and I just went, yes, bring the house, do it. They did. I I was like, if he completes it, he completes it. I don't care. Bravo. I friggin' loved it. I did. Like, I, it's, That's one of those things where we're like, you know what? If he gets the ball off quick enough, they could complete this, and then we have a tie game. I don't care. It worked beautifully. I loved it. It was the perfect time to do it. Done. I've heard, was, it was it Gundy? called down and said that's what he wanted to do so i was like all right it's like thank you thank you bravo to to your point about the defense and i want to shout out it's uh to uh make sure i give him the proper credit sports director for kjrh is uh, out and i'm again i want to make sure i get this right so um last season oklahoma state defense rendered at least 20 point 28 points in every game the last four games they have not. They have held their team opponents below twenty-eight points, 27, 27, 13, and thirteen. Last time Oklahoma State did that, held four straight Big Twelve opponents under twenty-eight points. It was nineteen eighteen eighty-five. They were still in the Big Eight. Like we can talk about. It was one thing against Kansas State when you could tell that the defense offense was pretty garbage that day. These last four games. I know we haven't faced uh, – or the the Oklahoma State hasn't faced offensive juggernauts. Like, Iowa State's good. They're not like, wow. TCU, Virginia, I understand that. But to do the the four-game run that the defense has been on, and and you've seen so many players step up and grasp the the fact that how many of these guys whose names you have said are freshmen and sophomores? How many – yes, Trace Ford. Yes, Ogbong would be good. Yeah. We're talking a whole lot of guys, a lot of guys who are going to be back next year. Okay, this is a young this is a young team across the board. I forget the stat of how many, barring some guys who just want to leave or transfer, are going to be back next year. This is a young defense, and they have figured it out. Jim Knowles' defense has clicked for them. Jim Knowles has finally figured out the Big 12. Or I don't want to say figured out, but has adjusted to it. Their best defense at the right time of the year to be playing. And you're you're going to be doing it. And I know we're going to talk about OU. But you're going to be doing it going into your biggest game of the year at a time when OU is struggling with consistency and struggling on offense, and struggling to not turn the ball over. And I understand it's bedlam when you throw everything out of the out of the window, into the into the wind when it's bedlam. But it's playing its best in what? Since 2013? I'm not saying this is on par with the 2013 defense. I'm just saying this is the best run the OSU defense has had in probably six years, important time of the season. Yeah, sounds about right. And yeah, you can't be going into Bedlam at a better time right now with the way the defense is playing. And I think they're going to be able to to disrupt OU a little bit. I'm not saying that 
you know, we'll get into my, my preview here in a moment, but I think Oklahoma State's going to be able to do some things to at least keep themselves in the game defensively. Um, I want to make one point on regarding special teams really quick. Um, I saw a lot of (laughs) so I saw I've seen a lot of people on Twitter talking about Tom Hutton as our punter this year, and he he did shank one pretty bad on uh, on Saturday, and you know it and he admitted it wasn't his best game, but to the people that just go oh our punter sucks and he's this can we give him back like he's so terrible does not stop it you don't know what you're watching and you may come at me and go yes I do you really really don't. I'm sorry. The people the people that are bitching about the punting the most have no idea that we have a f- punter until he goes out on the field. There's oh. so much there's so much more that goes into a punt than you realize. There's so much more that goes into special teams as a whole than you realize. What Hunton is doing, for one thing, sure he's 29 years old. He's never played football before. He's still trying to figure that out for one thing. And if you've noticed over the last few games, he started out the season doing that rollout Aussie kick, the the rugby style kick, and he's going more to a traditional kick. So he's trying to learn how to do something a little bit differently. And he's still been pretty effective doing that. And he's kicking end over end, which is how he's comfortable kicking the football. And I don't know if you knew this. And Philip, I'm, I'm going to ask you this question because I don't know if you know. Do you know how many yards of returns Tom Hutton has allowed this year? Um, Less than 20. 15 yards of returns. Be still my heart. 15. Which means he's netting nearly every single yard of his kicks. It may be 38 yards, but he's netting 38 yards. He's allowing his return and his coverage to get down and stop any sort of return from happening, which means he's able to flip the field and get the defense in there in a better position. Yeah, you're going to have a clunker every now and then because you know what that happens when you're trying to kick a football in less than three seconds with guys coming right at you. If you don't, if you're watching this punt, a guy punt and he shanks one, it's not that he sucks, man. Stop it. Okay? Stop it. You guys, you guys that are on Twitter that just want to bitch about special things, the only time you do is when it's wrong. And it's mostly because you don't know what you're watching. I'm sorry. I, I had, I have to rant about that because. I, I did special teams when I was in you know in high school and stuff. I follow you know Pat McAfee and stuff. Does a great job you know analysis on Twitter about learning about special teams. You can have an appreciation for it. And you need to understand what you're watching before you want to pitch about it. There we go. I love it. So speaking of, you mentioned something earlier and it's about discipline. Um, and we, I, I I wrote a lot and talked a lot last year. The you know Oklahoma State's team was the least disciplined of the Mike Gundy era. They they had a Gundy high in penalties per game and penalty yards per game and the season this year it started off kind of rough you know through the first seven games they're averaging almost seven penalties a game well they had they had some early one, they had nine in a couple of games eight against baylor last five games do you know how many penalties there or sorry last four games do you know how many penalties they're averaging a game two is it two or three 2.75 yeah 2.75 penalties a game They've had three games of two penalties, and they have five against TCU. You'll you'll take it's that all. It's all part of the defense, man. It's all part of them figuring this stuff out. I, it, I don't think we can say it enough. Of when Jim Knowles got here, everyone said the same thing: "This is going to take time to get this instilled and get this right." And. We wanted to be quick. I get it. I was the same way. And this year you saw the defense and they would take some steps forward and big steps back and they get penalties, they make mistakes. And you had a new starting quarterback who was still trying to learn things. And everything's clicking. Like everything is clicking. I, I don't want to say all these things to get you like, oh shit, we're going to go blow out OU. Like calm down, chill. But – I want you, whatever happens on Saturday, set it aside. And I want everybody, I know it's weird, and I know winning three of your past four games by seven points and only beating a bad Kansas team, a Kansas team you were dominating by 18, doesn't feel like this is exciting. It's not what we're used to. We're used to scoring 42, 45, 50 points on everybody. I get it. I understand that. This is a different kind of football. It's a football that's led by the defense and an an offense that's not as high-powered as we're used to. But this is is kind of fun, 
and there's a lot to appreciate about what OSU is doing and how they are playing right now. And I want everybody to stop and just kind of go, damn, these last four games have been nuts. Look, Iowa State, I just kept sitting there going, and, and that's the other thing that's driving me crazy. Like, you watch that West Virginia game, how many times did you and I tweet back and forth? Yeah, this is a game they lose. Yeah, like the, when Oklahoma State has, when a team puts Oklahoma State in a muddy, ugly, just like, you know, war of attrition, those are not games Oklahoma State wins. If you look no. back, I, I have no stats to back it up, but it just, <laughs> it doesn't seem like that type of, it's not a game Oklahoma State wins. Well, I mean, you can go back to the Iowa State game. I had no reason to believe I, OSU was going to pull that out. And you just kept waiting for Iowa State to to tie it up, take the lead, and it'd be over. And OSU has found a way these last four games. They have – the defense has stepped up. When the offense wasn't there – this is the thing we haven't been able to say for a while. When the offense wasn't there, did could the defense step up? And so many times it it could for a little bit, but it couldn't for long. And when the offense would struggle for two or three quarters, eventually the defense would break and the game was over. And even if the the offense could figure it out, but it was always too late. These last four games, when the offense has been, has been good enough and the defense has been able to make up for whatever the offense isn't able to do. And it's 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 a weird thing. Like it's weird to root for a defensive football team. And I'm not saying OSU oh, is like some defensive juggernaut. Like let's not again. The stats are great and they're historic, but we're also talking about four teams that aren't exactly, you know, what we expect from the Big 12. But I think we need to really appreciate what this defense has been these last four games before we faced OU and they, you know, put up 40 on OSU or some stupid thing because that's how Bedlam always works every year. So I just, just I want everyone to stop and appreciate what we've been watching because it's fun. It's exciting, and this is where they are now with all these young guys. I think they're bringing in solid talent. I'm just like it. Also makes me very excited for next year. I don't want to spend time on next year, but it makes me really excited for what this defense is going to look like in 2020. Oh my goodness, I, I don't even want to get started on that. But yes, like that. It's and you couple that with Spencer Sanders coming back for another year. Like uh, you have some promise for sure for 2020, especially if the defense is going to play the way they did. Um, do you have any other thoughts on West Virginia here before we wrap up this part of the podcast? No, I mean they got the win. It was it was. I think the final point was just you know we we really thought they were going to lose that game because it's the kind of game OSU loses a lot and they they pulled it out and I think that says a lot about this team. I just I want everybody who is just ready to turn on Gundy and ready to the, the, he's lost the program and all this bullshit and we were just like calm down it's fine like I get it we're we're fans and. We're emotional and we love this team. We want it to be the best it can be. And we all were kind of spoiled by, let me be honest, we were spoiled by 2011. And to the point that we didn't appreciate three straight years of, of 10 wins as much as we should. Like the list of teams who've had multiple 10 win seasons is really funny when you realize Texas had won the last decade. He, <laughs> ha, um, Texas, uh, 300 were, I believe, 327 days since Sam Ellinger claimed Texas was back. And they're they're now six and five. Yeah, you just hate to see it. Like I, they are, they were not as good as their record was last year. They had a top ten team record, but they were not a top ten team. Right. This year, I don't think their record is indicative of how good the team actually is. Um, I think they've dealt with a lot of injuries and have not been good in close games. Like, let, if you take. Here's what I want to do at the end of this year. I'm going to take the record from last year and this year and average that out. And that's what this Texas team has been the last two years. Like, honestly, like they're, they've been a good team, but this is a, this was a like eight, nine win team the last two years. Last year, they were able to win 10 games. This year, they're going to maybe win eight. Like, that they're a nine, they were a nine win team the last two years. And that's just, that's just kind of what they were. And it's, it's funny. Like, it's a riot. They could, Lose to Texas Tech on Saturday and be six and six in the end bowl win. Which, by the way, we are rooting for Texas Tech, and we'll get to that. We're going to talk bowls here in a little bit, but you root for Texas Tech on Saturday or Friday. Sorry, Friday. All right. Well, I think that wraps up talking about Oklahoma State going to Morgantown, getting a win. 
we're actually, since Thanksgiving is coming up this week, we are not going to do a second podcast to preview OU. We're just going to do it right now. But before we do that, we'll be about right back after a word from a sponsor. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, Philip. It's Bedlam. The the game that we all wait for every year. Um, what's your? I I have such a hard time picking this game because my heart tells me that I need to go with Oklahoma State. My mind tells me other things, um, and I've said it. You know, not all the spoiler. I'm not picking Oklahoma State to ever win Bedlam until we win five out of seven. I might be dead before that happens, but. What what is your what are some of your just initial first thoughts about what to expect on Saturday? So, in defensive efficiency, Oklahoma State is thirty second nationally and third in the Big Twelve. OU is forty fifth nationally and sixth in the Big Twelve. Do you know that last year, OSU nationally was eightieth and Oklahoma was ninety second. Both have made giant jumps. From last year to this year. And <clears throat> it's why I think this is going to be a early 2000s kind of game where this is not a 52-50, 44-43. don't think this will be a high-scoring game. I think this will be a lot of Chuba Hubbard. I think this will be a lot of intermediate and short passes by Drew Brown. I think this will be a lot of quarterback run by Jalen Hurts. I think there'll be some big plays, but I think this is going to be a lower scoring. I say lower scoring. I don't mean like Big Ten, Iowa, Wisconsin, 17-10 nonsense. But I do think this is a game where we're going to talk about scores in the upper 20s. That's that's the kind of game I expect in this one. I just – everything – and look, Bedlam is Bedlam. And it's so hard to predict what it's going to be because every year you really have to just throw out everything because it doesn't matter how bad OU's been. It doesn't matter how bad or good OSU has been. When this game is at the end of the season, it's the last game. These two teams get up for each other. Okay, OU can say – fans can say what they want about Bedlam. They don't care about OSU. The rivals Texas. That's true. But no OU player I think would ever honestly, honestly tell you they don't care about winning Bedlam. They don't want to lose in Bedlam. It is important to them to win this game. This is a game between two Power 5 teams in state. It's why it is the way it is. It's why it's so hard to win because you have to throw out all the records and everything and on the stats. But if I'm trying to figure out what kind of game to expect on Saturday, I think it's a game of a 28-24 kind of game. I know the over-under, I think, is at 71 right now. I will take the under, and I'll put all my money on it. I do not see this game getting into a, a couple of teams scoring in the mid-30s. I just don't see it. I, I think it's a lower-scoring game. I I do. I just That's what it feels like. Yeah, to me, it it's weird going into a Big 12 game and just going – Oh, the defenses are going to really make they're going to make their case in this one. We're just not used to seeing that, especially the last 2 years that was what, 62-52 and then last year was 52-51 or something like uh, that. 48-47. 48-47. I knew I knew it was somewhere in that high range either way. Like well, I I agree with you. This is not going to be a game that I think either team hits 40. I think if if you really want to put a number on, it, I think first to 30 wins. Yeah, no, I I think that's fair. I can absolutely see a thirty to twenty seven kind of game. I can see a thirty to twenty eight kind of game. Like that just it just makes sense. It really does. I I, I just I don't know. I, that's that's how it. That's how this game. That's how this feels. Like look at look at what OU has done the last few weeks. Their defense is playing fairly well, but is inconsistent. Their offense is plays has spurts, but is inconsistent. And look. 
Oh, OU could come out, and this is why this game is so frustrating. OU could come out and suddenly look like they did at the beginning of the season, and OSU could suddenly start playing like it's the beginning of season two, and it'll be a blowout. Like, but it's just it's. I don't know. Gundy has since Gundy has twenty thirteen when it was the it was the perfect example of Bob came. To, coaching to win and Gundy came coaching not to lose in a game in 2013 that Oklahoma state absolutely was the better team and should have won that game. Ever since then, Gundy has finally caved on the I'm going to coach conservative against OU and has opened up the playbook and thrown it all at him. And it's, you know, they, they've, they've been close. They, they have, they've, they've played good games against them and they've done everything they can. They've and they've come up short every time. And, and the, and I and I hate it, but I will always say I would rather Gundy just throws caution the wind. That's why I was fine with the the two point conversion try last year. I know everyone's like, Ugh. if it had worked, you'd have loved it. It's you know, it's kind of like people griping about at Nick Saban for keeping Tua in. If Tua hadn't been hurt, none of you would have given a shit. Like I don't want to hear about your post something happened, so it was a bad idea. Takes like that's so stupid reactionary. But I want Gundy to be aggressive. I think they I think they will be. Based off what this team does, I don't think they're going to suddenly go out and be like, "All right, uh, no Thailand, no Spencer, screw it, we're throwing bombs the whole game." Like I just don't, I don't see that happening. But I, I do think they will come in with an aggressive game plan, and I'm excited for it. But I, I still think it's going to be a. I mean, shoot, I'm trying to think about my score prediction, and I'm, I'm having a hard time with it. I, I know I said two te- two scores in the twenties. I'm going to go with. I think it's a 31-28 or 27 game. A 31-27. I, I think that that feels like the right final score. I'm picking OU. I'm sorry. I said this. I will not pick OSU to win this game until they actually do a few times. Like that's very much the I'm tired of I'm tired of getting myself hopes up. I will take OU 31-27. I think OU wants to win this game big because they are still, you know, with Oregon losing, they still that door's opening more for the playoff, but I think I think 31-27 feels about right. So I'm try I keep trying to talk myself out of giving myself any hope for Saturday. As as sad as and cynical as that sounds, OSU's ripped my heart out way too many times the last mm-hmm. few years in Bedlam. Mm-hmm. And I just I can't do it to myself again. But to for the sake of trying to be positive about this team and the strides that we've seen them make. And we, and I this is more for the defense. I think Oklahoma State's gonna be able to put up points. I think I you know, Chuba's going to get his. I think Drew's going to be effective enough. I think I don't think we've given, given Dylan Stoner enough credit for how good he has been stepping oh, up good into Tylen's position uh, as an outside receiver after being a slot guy for his whole career. I think he's going to he's a guy that you know he this could be like his kind of cult hero game at Oklahoma State. I think it could be the same for Drew Brown if he he leads Oklahoma State to a win. Um, then that dude would never have to buy a drink in Stillwater, and he'd started two games in his whole career if, if he leads OU to win, OSU to win. But if Oklahoma State's going to be able to stay in this game, they're going to have to turn Jalen Hurts over on defense. And he has shown a propensity to be kind of careless with the football the last few weeks and made some really, really bad throws and some bad reads, and he's had some fumble issues. And the last few weeks, outside of West Virginia, like it, the defense played well and they didn't have to force turnovers, which was fascinating. But when you force ten turnovers in you know in three in over the course of two or three games between uh, TCU, Iowa State, and Kansas, if Oklahoma State can find a way to get a couple turnovers, get a couple extra possessions, that could swing the game. Uh, do I think they do that? I mean, I think there's a good chance, but I also think Oklahoma State's probably going to have a couple too. Like it's this is a game that's going to be super weird compared to other years because the defenses are really going to dictate the pace as opposed to the offenses just being a track meet. So there's there's a lot that I think could swing either way. But like I said, I think if there's one thing that Oklahoma State could do to keep themselves in the game and give themselves a legitimate shot is to get a couple turnovers from Jalen Hurts. Yeah, and I, and I get that. But, you know, he had them against TCU and they won. And he had them yeah. against Baylor and they came back and won. And, man... I mean, I know this isn't at in in Norman. Thank goodness, you know they they're not going to get a first down. That's not a first down. But in theory, Lordy, um, that was bad. I just, I just, you know, like it, it's they can when Jalen Hurts is on when that offense is rolling. Look at Kansas State; like they almost came back to win that game. I just it, there's no lead 
that's safe against Oklahoma is my concern. Yes. And, I mean, I know they lost to Kansas State, but, man, that he touches that ball half a yard later, OU recovers and has a shot to win, if not take that game to overtime against Kansas State. That's what's wild. Um, and by the way, yeah, OU, shut up. Like, you, you didn't get it. I, it's just, how do you go into this game and not feel like, because OU just always has the edge in this game. And I know that just sounds like, I've been here, I'm not, I, you know, I've, picking OSU in, in Bedlam is, I mean, man, it's just, why do you keep going back to the girlfriend that breaks your heart? Like, I just can't do it. I, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I am not gonna be a cheesy, like, pop love song. I'm just, I'm gonna pick with my brain, and my heart's like, just shutting down, uh, and my liver is running and hiding. Um, I just, I don't, I can't pick OSU in this game. I can't. And if they win and y'all want to call me out, I can't believe you didn't. Fine. Like, I'm, I'm happy to be wrong if Oklahoma State wins. Happy to be wrong. Oklahoma State wins this game. You know what? Boohoo! I was wrong. I, I will. I will feel real bad. I'm not gonna feel bad about it. I don't. I don't. I don't care. Like I, I just. But I'm not gonna pick. I'm not gonna pick OSU. I'm just not because I'm not doing so means I have to convince myself that it's possible and that it yes. can actually happen. And I'm not gonna put that kind of hope into myself. I'm just not gonna. I, and I don't need another bedlam game where OSU has leads or is almost there. I don't need that. Either OSU needs to win or OU just needs to crush us. Because I don't. I don't want to deal with that. I don't need to be sitting there with three minutes left with hope. Like it's so crushing. Yeah. Like last season, I think was the epitome of just. We we both went into that uh, game thinking we're just gonna go out and get boat raced like mm -hmm. this is gonna be ugly and then we just kept scoring with them scoring with them and i went into that game perfectly content we were gonna get our ass kicked and yep. by the middle of the third quarter we were both like oh my god this might happen and then they just ripped our hearts out again and i just that from that day i said i can't do this to myself again and so for my score prediction i'm gonna go i'll go 34 24 I think OU pull. I think I think it's one of those that it, it's gonna they're gonna rip our hearts out. But I think OU starts to pull away early in the fourth quarter, and then they're just able to maintain it. Um, but yeah, I think OU wins by ten. Yeah, I don't think I, the the line opened at fourteen and a half. It's down to twelve now. I don't think OSU would or OU would cover a, a more than two touchdown game. I just I just I don't I don't think so. Um, I can see ten. I can see thirteen. I can see four. Uh, and I I think OSU will put up a good game. So. I mean, I'm gonna watch it. Um, yeah, there's a there's a the Central Arkansas watch party having a watch party on Saturday. Uh, we're plans to dump off Pippa with the grandparents, and I'm gonna head out there and be in Little Rock and watch the game. If any of you are in uh, Little Rock area, you just be at Fazler Hall on Saturday night for the game. You can watch the game with a bunch of bunch of OSU fans. It'll be a, it'll be a good crowd. I, I will be sitting in my apartment. Uh, I will have a growler of uh, Payne County Imperial IPA. Uh, my mm. liver is not and will not be ready for this game. Uh, but you know what? That's okay. There's going to be a lot of good football to watch on uh, prior to that, and then I can just settle in and sit back, relax, and just watch some football. Like I said, I'm trying not to I, – I, I always tell myself I'm not going to get emotional, not going to get emotional, and then I'm going to be yelling at the TV three minutes in. That's just how it works. Um, but – that's, you know, it's that, like I said, it, you know, Bedlam is always, you know, no matter how good or bad OSU is, you know, it's always a game that they get up for. Um, they're going to make it a fight. It's going to be a really good crowd in, in Gallagher, or not Gallagher, I'm too much into basketball right now. It's going to be a good good crowd in BPS. Um, I wish Look, I could be there, but yeah, man. Yeah. It's an, it's an eight win season at worst. I will take that this year with all the stuff that they – the injuries they've dealt with, with the new quarterback, new offensive coordinator, the defense still trying to figure things out. Picked eight wins before the season. Um, uh, it's It's been a good – it's been a great year, but let's just say it's been a good a good season. And we need to talk basketball a little bit, but uh, and I know we want to take make some uni predictions, but I do want to talk bowl games just real fast. Um, I should have the bowl projection post up. If it doesn't go up today, it'll go up on – well, I say today is Sunday, Monday. Um, OSU is pretty much set for one of three bowls. Alamo, Camping World, and Texas. And there's a lot of play as to where Oklahoma State ends up. Um, a lot. 
Um, and it, and it, and that it all changes depending upon if they win or they lose. Um, the Big 12 could get two New Year's Six game teams. Could Baylor and OU could both be a New Year's Six games, whether one's in the playoff or not. Um, they could have one, and it pushes OSU back. OSU could finish third in conference. Um, they can finish, I think, like fifth in conference due to some tiebreakers, depending upon the Kansas State-Iowa State game and Texas-Texas Tech. Be rooting for – here's what I would say. Root for Texas Tech to beat Texas and, and eliminate them from tying OSU because that would that would give Texas the tiebreaker. And then root for – I mean, can't root for Kansas State because Iowa State would finish third if OSU loses, um, which is probably fine because, let me be honest, I don't want to go to Camping World Bowl. Like, playing Notre Dame would be awesome – that would be so much fun. That would be but, so cool. But I don't want to go to the Camping World Bowl. Like, they were there two years ago. It's Orlando. It's a crappy. They're all out there for it. You're going to for the Alamo and the Texas. I'd rather – OSU hasn't been to a Texas Bowl since 2016 Alamo Bowl, which doesn't sound like that long ago. But, man, it feels like a long time ago since they beat Colorado in the Alamo. Like, doesn't it feel like a long time ago? That really does, yeah. Who, they need to go back to a Texas Bowl again. Who is projected um, for the Alamo Bowl right now? I know Oklahoma State's not in there. I'm just curious. Oregon. The, the, the projections that, that a- have OSU have Oregon in the Alamo Bowl. The projections that have them in the Texas Bowl um, have them against Texas A&M. Uh, because the Texas, Bowl likes to have, yeah. the Texas Bowl likes to have a team from the state of Texas in the Texas Bowl every year. Um, I've, I've written, this, written this before. Last year, they wanted to get OSU and A&M. Um, they they couldn't get AM, so they kind of went in a different direction. And OSU ended up going to Liberty or falling back to Liberty in some sense because they, you know, play so poorly at such in, in some games. Yeah. I think they would like an OSU AM game that's a, a a fan base in the state of Texas and a fan base that has a lot of people in the state of Texas. That would be a game that would sell a lot of tickets. And um I don't love playing former Big 12 teams. We've done it a few times now, but I mean I wouldn't hate going and beating AM again and you know, beating the, the best eight and four, seven and five team in the country because they've only <laughs> lost two amazing, amazing teams. They're the best seven and five team in the country, and Oklahoma State can go beat them. I'm like, oh, now they're the best seven and six team in the country, which is like saying, Congratulations, you have the best crappy house on the neighborhood. Um golf clap, pity? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I know that it wouldn't happen, and I wish Washington State was better because I needed I need a Washington State Oklahoma State Alamo Bowl because I need to watch the Mike Gundy and Mike Leach press conferences. Yeah, that I mean, alone would make the the game will be would be awesome because of the air raid and all that stuff. But that would make the entire bowl experience worth it. Let me let me say this: there is one concern, and no one's projecting it, but I, I've kind of done the stuff. If if OSU loses Bedlam. And let's say OU beats Baylor in the Big 12 title game, but doesn't get into the playoff. OU's going to the Sugar. Baylor's not going to get a New Year's Six Bowl. They're not going to be ranked high enough, I don't think. Baylor goes to the Alamo. If Iowa State beats Kansas State, they're probably going to go to the Camping World. If Texas beats Texas Tech, they win that tiebreaker. There's a good chance Texas ends up going to the Texas Bowl because if they can't get A&M, they're going to take Texas. OSU could fall all – no – because Jeez. the Liberty Bowl, then OSU and Liberty Bowl aren't going to want to go. They're going to fall all the way to Liberty Bowl or the Texas Tech or Cheez It Bowl. God, I can't say that. They're going to fall all the way to the Cheez It Bowl. And like, look, you're going to play in a, a, a Pac 12 team that's probably not great. But man, that would suck. I don't want, like, awful. don't get me wrong. The Cheez It Bowl is funny and awesome and hilarious. But I don't want an eight and four Oklahoma State team to have to go to the Cheez It Bowl. No. I would like to go to the Alamo or the Texas Bowl. Like, all right, the Texas Bowl is fine. They haven't been to a bowl game in Houston since they played Southern Miss in the Houston Bowl, like, Les Miles' first bowl game his second year. Yeah. That would be a nice one. Now, look, any of those opponent, projected opponents, Oregon, Notre Dame, Texas A&M, gimme, 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 gimme. I love them all. Love those are I, – I, I don't love former opponents. Like, I don't love playing Colorado, Missouri anymore. But A&M, let's go. Notre Dame, hell yeah. Oregon, <laughs> I want some. Oh, I want some holiday bowl revenge right there, baby. Oh, I want baby, some two thousand yes. and what was that? Two thousand eight holiday bowl revenge. Yes. Put it, gimme, 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 gimme. 
All right, yeah. And we still, you know, we'll, we'll know more uh, here in the next couple weeks about bowl games. It's always kind of fun to, you know, at this time of year, especially uh, to go and think about where Oklahoma State's going to go. But before we get out of here, what's your uniform prediction for Bedlam? I don't know, but I'd love to see them do something. I think it's going to be black, black, orange. I would like to see them go black, orange, black. Yep, I my my prediction officially is black, orange, black. Give me give, it gives me that 2011 vibe, which unfortunately would give me hope. Um, but I need, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, black because we haven't seen them do that ever with the new uniforms, and that was my favorite with the old ones. I, I, can I we can we it. get the can we get the the black pants from from the Kansas game the military ones with oh, the OKST okay, down the line? Can we just get those the permanent black? Give me give me black helmet, okay, with chrome face, Matt Crow stripe, chrome Pete, orange jersey, and, and that pants. and those pants. Like yeah. you would never outside of the like. 84 Barry Sanders Heisman throwback uniforms, uh, they, that would be the best thing I think they would ever worn. That would just yeah. be that'd be, be gangbusters. Like, yeah, I, I have a feeling they're going to come out with something new and different this week. I don't know why, but I think they're going to throw something at us that we've never seen, whether it's a helmet or they just all surprise us and we get the, we get the Barry Sanders throwbacks. If we get the Barry Sanders throwbacks, then we're going to win. I don't know why, but we, I, think we, I, think, I think by by NCAA rule, I think we have to start off the game but winning by seven points. I think with those uniforms. If they alone, just said screw it or putting those on, would that not just be the best move of on prime time in Fo- oh, on Fox? Baby. Yes. I hope, I hope it's like, you know what, guys? Do it. Oh. Uh, um. We did one thing, since we're not going to record again this week, we do need to talk. Um, Oklahoma State basketball, men's basketball, is in Brooklyn this week. They play Syracuse on Wednesday, and then we'll play the uh, either Ole Miss or Penn State on Friday. Um, 5-0 team has played well, but hasn't been super impressive. That that Ironically, the road game at, win at Charleston is probably the most impressive thing they've done so far, and not just because it was on the road. It was the the biggest win against probably the best team they've played, honestly. Um, you can make an argument for Yale. Uh, this week's big week. Uh, I I think they go one and one, and here's my logic of that. If they play, if they beat Syracuse, they're, I think they're going to play Penn State, and I think they lose to Penn State. I think Penn State's pretty dang good. Uh, if they lose to Syracuse, they play Ole Miss, and I think they beat Ole Miss because Ole Miss is all right. I think they go one and one either way. If they go two and zero, oh, that would be amazing. Uh, I would buy into this team one hundred percent. If they go zero and two, I'm going to be very concerned about the next stretch because Georgetown looks legit. Yeah. Um, Wichita State rebounded. Houston's not awesome, and Minnesota's not great. And and those sound nice, but they they might not be great wins on the resume by the end of the year. I need OSU to go at least one and one, and I really, in my heart of hearts, believe they go one and one this weekend, which I, which is fine. Um, I would rather beat Syracuse and lose to Penn State than the vice versa, but I think I think they go one and one this week. Do you got it? You have any thoughts on on the the, the NIT tip off? Uh, nothing that really that you didn't mention. My only thing is that I. As, as great as it is to play kind of a, a blue blood program like Syracuse, it's going to piss me off to watch that chicken shit 2-3 zone for 40 minutes. <laughs> it's It just – it bugs me. Whenever teams just play straight zone for 40 minutes, to me it's just lazy. It really is. But that, that – co- I've coached a little bit of basketball in the past, um, and that was my – that was how my – and that was how my high school coach thought of zone defense. So that's just how I refer to any sort of zone. Um but that was, that's that's fantastic. But man, it, like I said, I I think they go one and one. I don't know which game they lose. I think they're going to put up a fight against Syracuse. Syracuse is actually they've looked pretty solid this year outside of uh, getting you know just Virginia to death in their first game of the year. But th- this is a team that I think 
they they played well. Haven't really blown me away either, but I think there's a lot of promise in this team. I hope Caleb Boone's healthy again. He had a like a hundred and three degree fever and didn't play against Western Michigan. But even then, you're seeing guys actually learn how to score uh, as as the freshman. Uh, K- or Avery Anderson hit a three. Chris Harris hit a three. I think that was his first of the year. He's like one of seven or something. Um, and Kaelin Kale- played well in his minutes. So you at least have depth there. Um, Yorane has still just been, my God, he's incredible. Um, th- this whole team, they, like I like this team. I like where they're at. But I think they need to win at least one game this week, just like you mentioned, that to really kind of solidify to me that okay, this team is for real. They're gonna figure. They're still figuring out how to win games, and I think playing some of these ugly close games that we've seen, I think are gonna really play into their benefit when you get into a little bit better competition because you know how to be able to scratch and claw and fight to stay in a game and learn how to win it. So if they can do that this week, then I feel really good about the direction they're headed. Yeah, I. I... Again, I still buy this team. I still think it's a good team. I still think it's a team that's kind of figuring itself out. Um, I just need to I, I need to see a result that makes me go, all right. I, I need to be I'm not bought all in yet. And maybe that's not fair, but you know, five and oh is nice lots of it and and that College of Charleston game really impressed me. They've won in different ways. They've won with different leading scores. They've faced games where they just can't shoot. I mean, this team is not a great shooting team so far. Um, and you really want to be able to hit the three if you're going to beat Syracuse, and they're just not a good three-point shooting team, to be perfectly honest. Um, if they go one and one here and get a, and, and I, I, I will feel better. I will feel – I will. Ole isn't slouch. Like, they're not bad in any, in any way, shape, or form. I don't think they're very good. I think there's a team that is kind of still kind of building itself back up. But Penn State's legit. Syracuse is always solid. It doesn't matter if they go winless. They're going to be a tournament team and make a run of the Sweet 16. So, you know, and I believe we are 2-0 against them in the state of New York the last two times we played. So I'd really like to keep that streak going if at all possible. Yeah, so we'll we'll see how they play this week. I mean, it's going to be fun. You know, the, the the tournaments that are played right around Thanksgiving for college basketball for me are, are must watch TV. I always love that. Uh, that's the thing because, you know, yeah, it's 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 just gonna be a lot of fun. And also, one final thought: um, I went to the my wife and I went to the wrestling duel against uh, Minnesota today. They won twenty one hmm. to twelve. Uh, nice. A very hard fought duel. Every match was very competitive, whether Oklahoma State won or lost. Uh, the biggest match of the day was a 133. Uh, Dayton Fix isn't wrestling this year, in case you haven't heard. He uh, took an Olympic red shirt to go and prepare for the 2020 Olympic trials. Hey, good for him. Go go and represent the country. That's awesome. Uh, but Reese Whitcraft, who is a true freshman from the Tulsa area, is wrestling at 133. Gets his first match in GIA. He goes down 8-1 early in the first period. Climbs all the way back and gets a pin in the middle of the second round. GIA erupted. It was it was such a cool thing, especially for a true freshman. First match in the in the old barn, and he he gets his gets a pin. It was it was really cool to see. And that was really that you know Oklahoma State won by nine, and that essentially you know locked up the match pretty early for Oklahoma State. That's awesome. God. That's fantastic. I, this this is a this will be an interesting wrestling season. I don't I don't I feel like it's a good program, but I also feel like this is a with fix taking a redshirt year and the recruitment that's going on. It feels like it's building for twenty twenty, like more than that that twenty 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 one season more than this is going to be a, a a great year. We need to get Brandon on once once football season kind of wraps up after after Bedlam. Uh, we're gonna try and get Bedlam on or Brandon on and and talk some wrestling through the season because um, he, he's doing a great job covering it for Cowboys Ride for Free. If you're following the site, he does great work. Um, it, it, he's he's follows the team. He's very knowledgeable. Like I I can't talk wrestling. I'll be blunt. Like I I, I don't I can't talk it. He can. Uh, it'll be nice to get him on and just get his have him talk about the sport and uh, and offer some some expertise on it. Let yeah, me just sure. keep saying the same words, talk about an expertise 10 times, and maybe I'll buy it that I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I know enough to get by, and my wife and I actually bought season tickets for this year because she loves going to the wrestling duels. That's her favorite sport at Oklahoma State. So it uh, so it was very exciting to get there and get back into uh, 
back into the old barn and GIA, you know, there was 6,500 or so at the duel today. Like it was the highest attended duel uh, besides Iowa between all the duels last year and this season to start as well. So shows how much people care about the program and, you know, kind of, and even though this may not be the best year, people still care. So it's really cool to see, you know, a kind of a niche sport like that really have the following at Oklahoma state, obviously with how good the program is, but it's still really cool to see regardless of, uh, you know, where you're at school, you know, football, men's basketball, but to see, you know, a smaller sport like that, get the recognition is, is awesome. All right. I think that wraps this one up. Philip, where can everyone follow you on Twitter? Follow me personally at OKTXAR poke. Uh, make sure to follow my show, 10, 12 podcast, T E N the number 12, the word podcast on Twitter. You can find it anywhere. Podcasts are available. We will have a fan tastic bedlam preview on Wednesday featuring uh, Keegan Renew, the sport of Sooners Wire, and uh, Adam Line from Tape Doesn't Lie. And follow me at JT Penfield. Be sure to follow the main site at Cowboys RFF. We will be back uh, after the holiday. I hope everyone has a happy Thanksgiving. We will recap Bedlam. We'll recap the couple of basketball games that happened this week for Oklahoma State, and we will talk to you all then.